Get ready for Vancouver's premier real estate podcast. Your source for buying, selling, and investing in Vancouver's real estate market. With your hosts, two guys with faces for radio, Adam and Matt Scalina. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about it, though. The, the cheesy intro makes us hopefully sound a bit, a little bit less cheesy. N- nice contrast. Nice yeah, contrast. absolutely. Yeah, so sure. welcome sure. back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And uh, we have an excellent episode today. Yeah, um, it's a really exciting one. We got Sarah Penman from Penman Properties a very successful property management team in Vancouver, right? Uh, based out of Yale town. And, uh, yeah, so it's pretty exciting for me. I, I just actually, um, went through renting. Well, yeah, a, you just, you just, uh, rented a place out. I'm not a property manager, but I've got my own, uh, I've got a, a, an apartment that I rent out. And, uh, last week we were, we were looking at applicants for potential tenants and we put it on, you know, a couple different websites at a price that we saw, thought was fair, um, I know this market has been incredibly busy for and very challenging for tenants. We ended up with 36 applicants uh, on our property. Which is m- mind-boggling, right? So almost everybody that came through to see the place applied, which to me, it was, uh, you know, obviously we, we, it was bittersweet because we were excited to get the place rented. We yeah, were but ex- the screening process then becomes... Very challenging. How many days were you at it? And also, you, there's a lot of people that are quite desperate for a rental and you have to let a lot of people down, which is not fun as well. And, and you know... Yeah, well, si- I'd imagine in that, yeah, sifting through the number of qualified applicants alone would be... Well, that, that's yeah. just the thing, though. I was really impressed with the quality of applicants, and I, I think that almost, the well, the majority would have been an excellent fit. So, you know, and that said, even after doing it myself and, and being, I, I think we've been fairly successful at it, after speaking to Sarah, I realized, you know what, I know this this business really well, and there were several things I didn't think to do that I probably should have. And I actually, I learned a lot from our interview. Yeah, and we're talking to property managers all the time, investors all the time, and if you're missing things... Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of benefits to using a property manager, and I think that, you know, people will take something away from this interview. So, without further ado, here's our interview with Sarah Penman, property manager um, extraordinaire with her team, Penman Properties, based out of Yaletown. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here in Yale Town with Sarah Penman from Penman Properties, a property management company here in Vancouver. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Excellent. So, um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? So, I'm the owner operator of the company, but I'm also a licensed property manager. So okay. I don't carry a real estate license. I don't buy and sell. I manage the rentals for owners, individual owners, not full buildings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you get into property management? That's kind of a funny story. I uh, I have my I bought my first condo when I was twenty one. Wow. Holy. Here? Here in Vancouver, yeah, in the West End. I still own it actually. Um, Good for you. Yeah, I was okay. just I don't know where one of my friends in university, her parents gave her a down payment. And the idea of paying somebody else's mortgage no longer made sense. Right. So I literally worked five jobs through university and built up the money to, or saved up the money to put a down payment. So I I got in early and lived in it for a year to avoid 
you know, paying the extra capital, tax, gains. capital gains. Okay. And then I, uh, and then decide to start renting it out. So I got wow. into it on my own. I bought my second condo two years later and my friends had started buying condos and I, they were horrible at picking tenants. So I was like, you guys, what are you doing wrong? <laughs> you had to advise them. Yeah. So I had to advise them and then I started just doing it for them. And then I knew I used to be a personal trainer. I have a kinesiology degree. So that's what I did for 12 years. And I was looking for a change. And basically because in the end, I want to be the mom I want to be. And I want to be able to work from home, not necessarily in a gym away from my kids. So I, I knew I wanted a change and I couldn't figure it out. And then my friends, whose places I managed for free at that point, were like, why don't you do what you're doing? (laughs) So that's how I came into it. I feel like I fell into it, but it's just right up my alley. And there's a huge demand in Vancouver. It's always going to be a rental market because it's so expensive to buy here. There's always going to be renters. Right, right. Somebody's got to be their voice, right? <laughs> right. So, so you manage a, a team then? In, so you have your own team in Vancouver. I do, yeah. So it's myself and then there's four of uh, four other members of the team, okay. uh, full-time admin, and then one other licensee and two assistants. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's four of you. And, and so how many properties do you actually manage? We It varies because we do have some short-term and long-term rent and they're different. Sometimes they're part-time, like the owners live in the units part-time. And so they come available and unavailable, but we are, we're over a hundred, hundred and six to one hundred and twenty, if you include the ones that vary. Wow! So over a hundred units, and that's primarily in in Vancouver, or it is. We do span all the way from Langley up to Pemberton, but we are. I would say about eighty percent of our properties are in the Vancouver proper area. Okay, and so do you specialize in a type of property? Um, not really. We have everything from houses, laneway houses, to tiny studio apartments, to three-bedroom penthouses. We have a bit of everything. Um, I definitely have something that I prefer. I was just going to say, so <laughs> this is actually, in, in Vancouver, what do you prefer and, and why? If Houses are tricky. Houses have a lot to deal with at the start. But houses will bring in more money. So it's dependent on your, what you're willing to put forward at the beginning. Because anytime I take on a new house rental, it's a heck load of work really? at the beginning. Right, but right. in the end, they're easy. They're just as easy as condos. Condos are definitely more of what I prefer just because of the workload I have at the moment. And I don't, the reason I believe that a lot of property management companies in Vancouver fail is because they stretch themselves too thin. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful. And in the, the amount of work for a house, what are, what are those, the, the issues that you're, you're it's, not saying? Uh, it's little things. Like there's a lot more things you need to check, like furnace and electrical work. There's a lot of things that when a sale goes through, ever. I don't know if anybody in their right mind would buy a house without an inspection, but sometimes right. people do, and then things <laughs> in, come up. In this market, <laughs> yeah, they do. Definitely yeah, exactly. So things, there's just more that comes up, because in a, in a building, you have a strata that's maintaining the HVAC parts, and all of that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So are there some advantages when you're, when you're an investor mm-hmm. buying a condo? There are, because your, your strata is your team, basically. So HVAC, things that are, are under the umbrella of the strata, you don't have to deal with. But that, that being said, stratas can also be a big pain in my butt because they're, they want to do the things their way and they don't always want to cooperate with people. Right, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like you've got pros and cons on all sides. Right. 
somebody comes to you and they and they say, "Hey, we're looking to buy a place. Mm-hmm. We want a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Have renters very quickly. Yeah, great renters, top rent. Yeah. What, what's the best type of property? A condo." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a one bed, two bed, do you, do you see a difference there? Or? That would vary over time. Right now, I, would, I wouldn't I would recommend a one bedroom because there's a million of them. Really? If okay. you got a two bedroom, there's a lot less of those. It's all about supply and demand. Sure. Everything about rental market is supply and demand. Every change that happens in our market is from supply and demand. So right now... There's tons of one bedrooms because that's what people can afford to buy. Mm-hmm. So there's tons of investors that are buying one bedrooms, but there's not as many that buy two bedrooms or up because it's so much more to get in. So you right. have higher break points. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And 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 what about studios? Because we have people ask us all the time about studios. Studios are great. Yeah. Studios are great. Yeah, I have studios that do just as well as one bedrooms and they really? cost less to get in. Uh-huh. So you've got a, b- a lot lower of a carrying cost. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So for your personal portfolio, do you tend to carry more furnished rentals, unfurnished rentals? Um, the furnished rental, unfurnished market, that's a huge, huge area of discussion these days because it's changing drastically because of Airbnb. So right. before you used to see much higher rental maybe, rates for oops, Sorry, maybe we should just break down what Airbnb is in sure. case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Airbnb is a free site uh, similar to VRBO, which is vacation rental by owner. So it's people that are wanting to use their spaces as vacation rentals and Airbnb is simply free. So it's bed and breakfast is, mm-hmm. and but it, I don't know why they named it Air. But air, bread, and bre- bed and breakfast. And it's basically vacation rentals, but it's free exposure for the unit. So they can list it for free. And Airbnb does take a percentage. The company mm-hmm. takes a percentage. It's, it's small. I believe it's 3%. Um, and the guests have a different rate than a host. But we, it does give you free exposure. So it's a lot of people are doing that. And so it allows people to rent their places out at, for a very short period of time for mm-hmm. a lot of money, essentially, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So that's changed the landscape then in terms mm-hmm. of the types of rentals that people are getting up and running. Yeah, exactly. Because pe- the amount of money you can make from doing vacation rentals is huge. Mm-hmm. The profits, like we, people are blown away by the numbers that we have for our properties that we, we do as vacation rentals, but they, people are onto it. They, they know how much money they can make. So everybody that used to rent their one bedrooms or whatever, as an unfurnished, they've now furnished them and they're doing short-term rentals. So there's a lot less supply of unfurnished property. Do you guys, you handle Airbnb? We do, yeah. Really? We have over huh. 30 listings on Airbnb. Wow. And so is it, it, do you find that the demand is there for Airbnb? It for is. furnished rentals? It is. It's starting to become saturated in the one-bedroom department. Okay. Because that's, again, that's what people can afford to get in on. And and one, one of the things we're seeing, at least in the in the buy and sell area, mm-hmm. are stratas clamping down on Airbnbs. Oh, big time. Do you guys see that? All the time. You got to be careful. It is a risk. There's there's gray zones. It's it's tricky. I'm never going to tell somebody there's no risks ever. Yeah. Strata's my business model is you don't piss off a strata. (laughs) You don't bother them. They do not bother you. Right. So it's all about how you vet guests. It's about making sure that they're following rules of the building. You have to do that. Right. Mm hmm. Okay, so speaking about furnished rentals, so do you have any advice for people looking to do a furnished rental or an unfurnished rental if they can't decide which way they want to go? 
Yeah, I'm always happy to advise, um, and I do often because it's a tricky thing to do. You got to keep in mind the wear and tear on the furniture, and you know it's you got to furnish it. It's right. m- more costs. How much would it cost for someone to furnish it? We use a. We actually use. I have an interior designer um, that's in that I work with quite often. Uh, Kendall Ansel Interiors. She won the best booth at the home show last year, and she's. She's done very well for herself, and she she furnishes almost all of our f- short-term rental units for wow. our owners. And it costs between, you know, you can go cheap, but you're going to see cheap in your price points. Right. If you furnish it nicely and make it unique, it does double what the cheaply done place will get. And that's just simply because people want quality. So they, furniture is a huge Furniture factor. is a huge thing. I highly recommend using an interior designer if you're going to do that. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've got so the furniture wear and tear costs. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what else would you? Well, with fur- with furnished versus unfurnished, you got to look at what your break point is. So if your mortgage is going to be what, let's say eighteen hundred, and you need to make eighteen hundred, you got to remember how much rent you can get in. Is it worth furnishing it? Is it worth the potential wear and tear? Right. Is it the thing that furnished would give you is the ability to fill gaps with short term rentals. So let's say, for example, somebody decides to break a lease. It's the worst time of year. And you want to do some little things here and there, but that means that those little things are only going to take a couple of days and then you're not having any income for the rest of the month. That rest of the month is debating on dependent on strata bylaws in the building. You could fill it with short-term vacation stays if it's furnished. It gives you a little bit more flexibility, but at the same time, you have to furnish the unit. So it's money up front. Can you afford that? Right. Unfurnished price points are coming up because they're so little now. So sometimes if you're tight for cash, it doesn't make sense to furnish mm. it. If you want to be able to stay in it sometimes, if you want to be able to offer it to your friends or family when they come to visit, those are reasons to do furnished. You, right. know, you, have, to, you have to balance it out. And you got to look at the building. Is the building so sticky on short-term rentals? You know, you got to look at that. Yeah, and, a, and increasingly that's yeah. It increasingly the that's the way in Vancouver, unfortunately. But you know, it's there's they're going to do something, whether it's in implementing a hotel tax or something, because there's too many people that want to do it. You know, and it, it it often doesn't come out in the documents whether or not mm-hmm. a, a building is sticky. So yeah. so one advantage, I guess, of using your services or an excellent property manager, you know which buildings mm-hmm. are going to be a challenge, right? Exactly. Yeah, and there's buildings that. Like we, we, like I said, don't like to piss off stratas. <laughs> That's not really in my business model. But at the same time, there's buildings that don't have regulations, but there's people in buildings that don't like them. You also got to be con- conscious of that when you're looking to do that in the building. Oh, I, there's no rental restrictions. Great. But your neighbor might hate you for it. And that's going to cause problems. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we give our card to every neighbor anyway, because I don't want anybody treating any home wrong. So if I... If the neighbor has a card and somebody to call, they're often a lot nicer to you and your tenants. So, in terms of uh, in terms of a, a, an area, can you talk to you know what basically the characteristics are that make a good area mm-hmm. um, for renting? You want to make sure that it depends if you're doing furnished or furnished or unfurnished again. Um, if you're looking to do a furnished rental, you wanna you wanna make sure that you're you're bring you're in the areas that bring people to those areas. So like around anywhere, there were conferences are held, games, 
so BC Place, GM Place, or Rogers, whatever the heck it's called now. Right. Do you tell? Can you tell I don't go to a lot of hockey games? <laughs> um, those areas are going to bring people to, to the area, so they want to stay close to what they're going to. Same with shows and concerts at right. BC Place. Right. Right. Is transportation a huge Definitely, factor? Definitely. Yeah. So being close to the SkyTrain, mm-hmm. accessibility. Yeah. Walkability is huge as, as yeah. well because they want, like, especially people wanting to explore Vancouver. They want to be able to walk from their place. They don't always have to want to rent a car. Right. So it sounds like downtown and Yale Falls T- Creek. Yale Town Falls Falls Creek does well. It's newer than it hasn't really blown up yet. Mm-hmm. It, like what I say to people, and I'm always open for realtors to let to they contact me often to say what do you right. think about this, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm always very black and white. If it's got to, if you want to be able to do a short term vacation rental, you have to be able to bring in money in the slow season. Yeah, you don't want an owner to have to pay their own mortgage. So doing bringing people to areas where concerts and Canucks games happen and BC Lions games happen, that's the best area to be in around the stadiums. Otherwise, you want to be around conference areas. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And do you have a favorite area personally? Well, our office is right here, same as your office. So we, we are in Yale Town, and it's, it's, we probably have 40 units within a two-block radius. Is that right? Eh? And, and do you find Yale Town is... Yeah, Yale Town's still very in demand. Olympic Village is even hotter. Really? Uh, yeah. The, everybody that used to live in Yale Town now wants to live in Olympic Village. You know, it's, it's like, I want to go wow. swimming across the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> That's yeah. confirmation on what, what we're seeing as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. One area I see a lot of people kind of investors targeting is mm-hmm. over close to BC Place. Mm-hmm. So think of Chinatown, yeah. Gastown. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that rents are comparable to Yale Town? No. They're, they're, it depends. It's got to be a cool space in Gastown. Like it's got ha- to okay, stand right. out. The yeah. area deters from the price point because it's right. still not polarizing, as clean. right? Definitely polarizing. Exactly. So it's got if if somebody is going to get just as much rent as Yale Town, you got to mind you got to subtract what it's going to take away because it's not a nice n- not always looking nice outside. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. got to you got to add that to the unique character of the place that you're going to rent. Right. There's got to be a neat factor. If you were to advise somebody on buying a investment property right mm-hmm. now generic or unique unique really, eh? really you have to stand out you definitely have to stand out and again unfurnished furnish is a factor because yeah. because there's so many furnished rentals now the unfurnished price point is almost almost matching it because there's a lot less wow yeah and that's that's, that's unheard of yeah it doesn't usually happen. but So you're seeing rents climb at a higher mm-hmm. price per square foot in exactly. the unfurnished rental market. Because there's very few out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. People ask us to unfurnish furnished rentals a lot. Wow. Well, and they're easier to manage, right? Then you, you get a yeah. long-term tenant in if, mm-hmm. you, if you vet them properly. Yeah. Furnished rentals, they... They have more turnover because people don't have to move their stuff. Sure. The pain of moving things... It, people don't want to move. <laughs> right. Tell me about it. <laughs> just, out of, just out of curiosity, is there a particular industry that you find that you're seeing a lot of these tenants in? Like, are they working in the film industry? Well, are you they see here? everything. everything. We, we, try, we try to, like, in my world, you have to be a bit judgmental. Like, I don't, right. I don't have time for bad tenants. I just won't put up with it. Um, so you have to be kind of judgmental, but we see everything. Okay. And any, there's, there's, People that are in in professions that you would never think would be a bad tenant, 
but they can be. You mm-hmm. have to be you have to listen to your gut. Every time I have not listened to my gut, it's bitten me in the butt. Right. Every time. <laughs> and and this is a perfect segue. So any red flags that you can suggest when you're screening potential tenants? Yeah, yeah, what do you look for? Definitely. I Well, first off, I do a minimum amount of showings when I'm renting a unit. Too many people, they run into problems because the first person through the door looks great and their application comes in great. But you never know if the six, that the sixth person wouldn't have been a better tenant. Mm-hmm. You have, that's, we, that's in, written in our contracts. We do a minimum of 10 to 15 people through the door and applications in. And we do that because we want to make sure we're picking the best tenant. And how I decipher between, we run credit checks, criminal record checks, and reference checks, of course. Um, but after that, I take my gut feeling and my team's gut impression. I also look at, you know, what areas have they lived in before? Why are they moving out? Mm-hmm. Their attire when they come in, how they present themselves. You know, like you really you really have to judge the so person. essentially, yeah, like a job interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like I used to work in the, in the restaurant industry for years. And, you know, it's unfortunately people in the restaurant industry sometimes get the poop end of the stick because people think they're going to be up all night and they're going to be, you know, drinking their faces off. It's not always true. And lawyers can seem like a great person, but also be so stressed at work that they don't take care of the home. Mm-hmm. You just have to keep in mind professions and you got to, you have to be judgmental. You right. have to look for tidiness. OCD is a great thing to see in a tenant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so don't judge a book by its cover yeah, or, you, or a person by their job. Yeah. Don't judge a book by, or don't judge a person by their job and definitely judge them by their cover. Like if they come in looking like they haven't slept, right. they probably haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would not get many jobs. <laughs> Stop it! You look great. Yeah. Do you have a favorite story? Maybe a funny story or a, a terrifying story? Yeah. that you can share with us. Yeah, we have quite a few. The one that comes straight to my mind, though, is it was my first hoarder house. It was uh, it was a one bedroom apartment in North Vancouver, and the owner, uh, she's an older lady, owns a juice juice uh, store, and she's she has problems with her legs and that. So she, her tenant had given notice, had been in there for five years. And she said, I say, I just can't, I can't find a new tenant. Can you, can you do it for me? I said, of course I can. I said, when was the last time you were at the condo? And she said, five years ago. And I said, oh God. And I didn't want to scare her, but you know, you have to check on your tenants. She said, no, 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 no. She's a great tenant. She always pays. I said, okay. Did she take a damage deposit? No. Because I, I don't think that young people have money, she said. And she said, I, it seems stupid that it just, I have hold of their money. I said, so you didn't take a damage? No. I said, oh, God. So first thing, I was book a time to go see it. And, you know, I was kind of hoping my gut was wrong and that it was going to be well taken care of and that. So I brought my photographer along, who's at that point... She was in North Vancouver, so it wasn't going to cost me if it didn't work out that day, thank- thankfully. And we went, walked in, and I'm I'm OCD clean. Like, it's embarrassing how annoying I am. But, you know, I my anxiety level went through the roof as soon as we opened the door. You couldn't even put your coffee cup down. There was a bed in the living room. There were three kayaks there, despite having a storage locker down below. And there was mold everywhere. Everywhere. We had to gut the entire place. Oh, wow. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was about, it cost the owner about $10,000. So what would you recommend to avoid a situation like that? Do inspections. 
We as a company have it in our contracts. We do inspections every three months. Wow. Um, Insurance actually makes you do that. Most people don't read their insurance policies thoroughly, Mm -hmm. and they won't pay out if you haven't done inspections. Some policies, you need to read it. And we do inspections. So physically being there and actually having the inspection done. And not on paper, they have to, it has to be signed for. Wow. So a lot of people don't know that. And then, like, let's say something happens in the unit. Wait, you have to, just so I'm clear, Mm -hmm. you have to have signed for every three months a signed inspection yeah you have wow. some you, insurance some policy, some right? policies right. there and your insurance won't tell you that because they want to be able to not pay out yeah, insurance sure, companies can be right so great <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah some com- some policies you have to have prove that you've inspected the unit throughout right. throughout the lease term mm-hmm Right. We demand tenant policies. Like you, my tenants have to have insurance to rent from us. I highly recommend that. That's just a safeguarding. It's another safeguard for the owner. So the BC tenancy law, like I, I understand why it is the way it is, but it's tenant oriented because there's unfortunately some landlords that want to take advantage of tenants. I totally agree, right. but it because of that, it doesn't protect owners very well. Gotcha. So you, we run a thirty three clause addendum that we use on all our all our properties and it's just it's not to take away rights from the tenant it's just to protect the owner just to protect, to the, protect the property so one of the one of the many reasons to use a property manager it sounds like yeah definitely and like you know some people i'm I, although i could sell a broken pen i i'm not a seller i i believe i got into this because i care i'm i'm a caring about people kind of person I want to help everyone almost to a fault because I put people before me too much. But, you know, when you use a property manager, not only do we get a higher price point of rent because of our reach and our exposure and what we do, we also take the stress away. Tenants can be really annoying and really stressful. And for an owner to not have to deal with it and only see us deposit money into their account every month, that's where, that's why you use a property manager. We, We know the tricks that tenants pull, we know what to look for and mm-hmm. we, that's our job. So the owners have their own jobs. It's a full-time job to take care of tenants, you know, and it's, it's possible. You can do it. But when you have multiple units or you're a very busy person, I don't recommend it. Yeah, or you just it. don't want the headache. I mean, it, yeah. it sounds like it can be, you know, mm-hmm. there's always, you always hear people that have had great experiences, but yeah. more often than not, you hear people that And the reason they're having arrow. bad is yeah. because they're thinking they can do it when they know they don't have the time. And we, what we try to do in price points, like I, I researched, I started my own company in, as opposed to working for another one because I couldn't find a property management company that was highly recommended. I, I, I am through the restaurant industry, I knew lots of realtors because they always sit in restaurants. So you get to know them. <laughs> so I, I know lots of realtors and none of them could recommend to me a property management company that they spoke highly of. They all knew a good realtor though. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So that's why I started my own. And when I set those price points, I set them. So if I couldn't find why they were charging prices, I didn't charge them. I think that if I do my job well, my price my price points cover it, and I'm not here to take money from owners. That's not the point. The point is to build my costs into the increased amount of rent I'm going to get you. That's how that's how I, my price structure is set up. If I do my job correctly, this should be enough for us, and this makes sense for you guys to use us. Wow. Hey, well, hey, on that well on that note, <laughs> yeah. Where how can people reach you, Sarah? 
Uh, we, you can go to our website. It's www.penmanproperties.com. And Penman is spelled like a pen that you write with and a man that you two are. And I am not. <laughs> and then my phone number is 604-230-6755. Okay, excellent. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thanks very much, Sarah. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Okay. So there you have it, folks. Uh, our interview with Sarah Penman from Penman Properties. Yeah, she's she's such an interesting person, and uh, uh, yeah, learned Excellent. a lot. Ex- yeah, no, absolutely, and fantastic, uh, fantastic points on on how to how to manage your property here in Vancouver. And I think that you know you should the, take away something from that. Well, yeah, and the, t- the takeaway the takeaway for me is use Sarah Penman as a property manager. And the other the takeaway for me also is that it's good to have somebody <laughs> who's got actually a good voice for radio. <laughs> to break up the monotony of the Scalina brothers, but anyway, us. <laughs> anyways, thanks for uh, tuning in. If you uh, if you have any questions or concerns, feel free to call us at seven seven eight eight six six four five seven four or seven seven eight eight four seven two eight five four or check us out at scalinarealestate.com. And please do us a favor if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us on iTunes and share We'd it with really your friends. Appreciate it. Have a great week and talk to you soon. Take care. This has been the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast with Adam and Matt Scalina. Contact us anytime at 778-866-4574 or 778-847-2854 or online at www.scalinarealestate.com. Subscribe today.